and welcome to Unidentified Wargamer. Each week I interview a wargamer and identify them in the hobby. This week I've got a lovely friend of mine, Gavin Woodrow. How are you going, Gavin? Good, mate. How are you? I'm going well. We've got a lovely storm that Gavin has sent down from Brisbane. Yeah, it's actually restarted. Yeah, oh, it? <laughs> yeah, it's actually starting to pick up again outside. It's it's crazy. Like quite a lot of rain, or is it just a mild rain with a bit of storm? I think we've got everything. I've got <laughs> I've got the wind going. I've got the rain, and uh, it's thundering as well. I think the lightning will start soon. So um, yeah, it's always oh, nice. well. It's we've got fun. the same thing now. Starting to pour down outside the garage here. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't come through recording. I mean, we're not recording in a shed like bloody Gabe and Gammy, are we? No, that's right. That's We've got right. a more upmarket podcast here. More professional. Yes, definitely more professional. We edit more ours professional. as well. That's right. You know, there's Gabe <laughs> throwing out bloody challenges left, right and centre, which I'll get to later. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah. What, what have you been up to hobby-wise the past few weeks? So... Um, I'm actually, God, this is going to, like everybody else at the moment, I'm back on my gits. Um, mm-hmm. Lovely. So You're not a tourist, had, are you? No, no. Well, everybody thinks I am, but, um, oh, here we go. Here comes the rain. Uh, so I've had my gits sitting in a glass cabinet now for the past two and a bit years. Um, you know, I went through the whole Kragnos phase as well with adding Kragnos in and getting them to work and and stuff like that and they've always been bloody fun um and you know they're still bloody fun um so yeah i've been um adding a few more model ranges to the collection um like grindrak and um you know getting some more fanatics and picking up some more herd of course i already had a lot <laughs> of herd but i've now picked up even more herd how much how much herd have you got there mate uh so i've got uh, I've got enough to run two blobs of 36. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they are just incredible at the moment. Um, and, you know, obviously I've been um, – I've had hoppers and bounders for a while, but I've only had a few painted. Um, so I've actually started painting all my hoppers and bounders and stuff now as well. Are you um, enjoying that painting? Because I – I enjoyed it at the start, but then I realized, oh, I've got to paint a squig and a goblin on every single one. Yes. And yes, uh, I am. I kind of break it up with a unit, something else, another unit, something else, a hero. So I like to try and break it up a little bit more, um, you know, but I am enjoying it. I, I do love my hobby. Like, you know, last year I was on Skaven for a year and I really enjoyed those guys. And I think this is the year of the git. So, um, oh, yes, definitely the year of the gits. We're, we're sh- shining under the moonlight tonight. That's right. So it's, it's going to be a lovely us. time, lovely season for the gits, that's for sure. That's right. What what brings you into having a gits army? Is it the, the theme? You like the way the army plays? What's your pull for gits? So, back. Back when I started many, many moons ago, you know, it was, I had, again, then I had dwarves, rats, and goblins. And I've always had those sort of three mixes of armies. The shorter, the better? Sorry? The shorter, the better? You'll have a good short one? And it was almost like, you know, dwarves, dwarves, uh, that was their natural enemies, right? Skaven and goblins, right? So... 
I started off on dwarves and then I was like, well, you know, I want to see what the other side's like. I want to see what, <laughs> you know. So then I then I moved over to the rats and then I started getting into the orcs and goblins, you know, when they were all combined and they had the snotling pump wagons and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. It was, um, we used to push those around my friend's carpet in his living room. Okay. That's for, that was our, that was our table. Um, and you know, this is when I was in high school and stuff like that. So, um, and middle school, I actually started off in doing so the table. About 30 years ago then? 40 about years? About that. About 30 years ago. Um, yeah. Um, originally, uh, my brother got me into the hobby. He's nine years older than me. Um, so when I was a very young lad, um, I used to see these strange people walk into the house on a Sunday <laughs> night and they, they used to take over the uh, front living room on a Sunday evening. And, you know, I was a young lad, I don't know, I was probably eight or nine. And, uh, you know, I used to see these strange guys walking into the front room, closing the door behind them. And they used to just, I used to just hear laughing and, and carrying on coming out of the front room. And, um, you know, I was always listening at the door and they were making all the strange <laughs> noises. And I was like, you know, I used to say to my parents, like, what's going on in there? And they're like, oh, just leave them to it, leave them alone. And, you know, and, and, and I actually found out that they were playing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, the old hardback edition. So they were really into their Games Workshop Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. And um, I remember one, one, it was going on for a month, two months, and then one day they were missing a player and they knew that I was super keen on getting in and they let me into this cult in the front room. You know? <laughs> and, and from there I was hooked on everything that was role play and um, progressed into tabletop. And then, you know, it was just this opened my eyes to a whole new world. And, yeah, I've not stopped all my life really you've been stuck in the addiction for 30 years i have you know and um had many many people you know raise their eyebrows and i tell them what i do and you know they come into the house and they see the cabinets full of miniatures and you know i paint miniatures and you know because back back in the day when i was in middle school it was kind of like this silent you know because i used to play football and all this sort of stuff but i also loved to play the tabletop games and stuff like this so i was like this uh you know we were like okay you know come through brilliantly gav i, I oh, thoroughly sorry, enjoyed sorry. that i got the first word and that was it sorry so <laughs> i would be whispering we'd be whispering to each other in in, in the school you know are you, are you gonna be are we gonna be meeting at lunchtime in such and such a room and we'll play these games and you know then we were dealing miniatures you know oh, i'll give you this one for 40p um, you know, and, and it went from there. So yeah, it's it's always been a, a quite an addiction for me. Have you yeah. always played then, or have you sort of fallen out over the years and come back in? Well, you know, when I got to, I stopped playing role playing games and tabletop games when I was probably about eighteen or nineteen. That's when I had to sort of grow up, get a job, I guess, and took more of my. Because I'm a chef by trade, it took a, a chefing took a lot of my time up in the UK. Um, you know, everybody would be, be hitting me up for games and stuff. And, and, and obviously when they're free is generally my busiest time. You know, weeknights uh, were hard. Weekends were even harder because I was doing split shifts. So my hobby sort of fell by the wayside for quite some time. And then, I, you know, you meet girlfriends and you go traveling. And, you know, I went to New Zealand and then I came over to Australia. And then once I'd started to settle down, um, you know, I met my wife and stuff like that. I picked it up again 
uh, and I picked it up and I started into War Machine. And um, War Machine was uh, very competitive. Um, you know, that the, didn't look too pretty on the board because it was all 2D terrain and all that sort of stuff. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't immersive, but uh, um, it, it was more of a rules thing. Like the, the, the measurements were so fine in the game in a, in a millimeter, two millimeters really mattered. Do you know what I mean? It was, um, it was incredible. So I sort of gave that a go for a couple of years. Um, and I met some of the other guys in the hobby, which is Henry and a few of the other fellas. Um, and then I met Simon Hall who also used to be avid war machine and me and him used to have some fantastic games and I developed quite a good relationship with Simon in the hobby. Um, and it, we had some really cracking games and I always loved playing against him because we always had this really good banter in the game. And he was the one that actually pulled me across to AOS. I'm surprised he didn't pull you over to MCP as well. Well, well, I, yeah, he has tried on numerous occasions and I've played MCP. You know, I've got all the stuff here. You know, I've got the, the 30, 40 odd models and been playing it with the kids and stuff like that. Um, but um, when I started playing OS and he brought me into it, he had Gits. His first army was Gits when he when I played him. And um, I brought Feck and that's when Feck was originally <laughs> sort of broken. And, um, you know, we had a game and, you know, it was all great. And I think I ended up pipping him uh, for that game. And I was like, right, well, that's it. I'm hooked. And, um, yeah, then I started playing Stratty and, you know, all the other fellas. And, yeah, it's been, just, it's been a good journey. Did you bring a lot of your stuff over from the UK or did you just leave it there and restart afresh? So what I actually did was, um, yeah, all of my – goblins dwarves and stuff like that were in the attic in my parents place and i'd actually taken the dwarves to nottingham um to the big grand tournament over there and that's when my eyes got open to how competitive the scene was um and you know it wasn't just carpet wars it was wow these guys really know how to play they can put synergies together and you know this does this and it really sort of opened my eyes anyway yes i did leave my models with my parents um, when I started traveling and what happened was over the years, um, I thought I was out of the hobby. Uh, my dad would start taking some of these models to car boot sales. Um, you know, <laughs> when I was in New Zealand and, you know, he didn't think I was really sort of coming back and, you know, my, my collection started to deteriorate quite rapidly. Um, but, uh, my dwarves were saved, um, and I've actually still got uh, a lot of my old dwarves. He sent over in a big parcel, a big package. You know, I've got some games workshop um, cases and stuff. And, yeah, he sent quite a lot of those over to me, um, you know, last year, a couple of years, actually, probably about two years ago now. So I still have those. And I've actually started using some of those models now and converting them. So uh, for a Rune Lord um, and some of those uh, other types of dwarves as well. And I used them in my old city's army as well. So that was good. Mm. What do you find about all these three main factions that have sort of pulled you in at the start? And then why do you think you came back to them all over again? I think it's nostalgia, to be honest. Um, 
like yeah it brings back playing playing with some i mean because some of those sculpts are the same sculpts as well (laughs) especially in some of the skaven and stuff as well like they're the same sculpts um uh so yeah i think i think a lot of it has to do with nostalgia and i am quite heavily drawn to uh, on the gits and skaven side those horde based armies um and when it comes to the dwarves I just love their aesthetic, especially the fire slayers as well. Like I always loved the the slayers for the dwarves. I always used to have a big block of slayers when I used to play fantasy. And um, when I when I first came over to AOS and I saw that there was basically a whole book that was they weren't they weren't the old slayers. They were a new breed. They were a fire slayer, you know, in the new world and all this sort of stuff. And that really caught my eye. And I don't think I could ever get rid of my fire slayers. They're, they're in the cabinet. I've got a big, full painted three, three, four thousand point army of them. Um, I just don't think I can get rid of those guys or gits or my skaven, you know. But other armies I've filtered through. Um, like I got rid of, um, uh, God, the undead. Um, you know, a few other factions, but I've always. I think I'll always keep those guys. I'll never do you, get rid of Do you find you generally rotate between the three of them sort of throughout the years? Or yeah. do you find you sort of stick with one, spend a year on it, go with the next one? What, what, what's sort of your style choice with armies? Are you, are you a person that just sticks with armies or do you find you rotate and bring in new ones and pull out old ones constantly? Right. It's a great question. So when I first started okay this goes back so me me personally as a player um i'm probably a bit slower on the uptake than most players where i i learn the game quicker by playing armies okay so like you know if i went to a tournament and i was up against soul blight or whatever Yes, I play them. I I get some of their rules or whatever, and I know what they can do loosely. But to really understand that army, um, I'd like to play it. I'd like to play that army, write lists, write synergies, understand how they play. That's how I learn. Because obviously, I think personally, like when you're in a tournament or you're playing other people, you know. To, to get better is not only understanding your army, you need to really understand what your opponent's army does as well so you can make those moves to counteract certain things and so on and so forth. Um, so when I started when I started back into AOS, yeah, I kind of I shuffled through a few armies um, and it was like, I was like a kid in a sweet shop. It's like, oh, wow, oh, they look fun. They do what? And then, you know, I'd be playing those for a few months and then it'd be like, oh, but look at that new one over there. You know, I I really like that one. So then I'd gravitate to something else and pick that up. And I think now as I've been playing AOS more, um, I'm settling in more and thinking I'm, I'm sort of trying to teach myself to start playing one army more, get the reps in. Yeah, at first you're going to lose a lot of games. Um, but the more you play the same army and the same lists, you get very competent with what your army can actually do by stress testing it. Um, 
so yeah, it's um, like I was on Skaven um, all of last year, um, and I I really I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed that year, um, and I was getting quite proficient with the rats. Um, you know, they're not top tier, but they're bloody good. Um, they've got some really great tools, um, and even now playing Gits, I still get that little itch for Skaven. Like I've seen the new um, the new regiments of renown coming out with the pinks, and I'm looking into you know the pinks regiment of renown moving it into the Skaven, and there's some nifty little tricks and tech. Oh, is there some do. nifty stuff with uh, pink gloves? Oh, mate, there's there's some there's some cool tech that you can use with those pinks and the sigil, and yeah, I'm so I'm sort of I keep now going. Oh, I'd love to sort of you know have a couple of games with that and try those out. So. Yeah, I think I think I really need to hammer down and at least do a year of gits and um, you know see what we can do and, and see what happens. It's all about having fun anyway. So inside your armies, then especially like with the Skaven and gits, do you find your lead into the big blocks of infantry, or do you go with the special more elite units? How do you play your main? I know they're horde armies overall, but obviously people play horde armies quite differently. Mm. What sort of your take on a horde army or your play style in, a, in an army? Well, at the moment, so with the last GHB, obviously with the two damage rule and all that sort of stuff, I never tended to go towards the big blocks. So, for instance, with the Skaven, when I first started uh, playing around with the Skaven, I liked I liked the uh, recursion on Rat Ogres, like with the Mulder, and then uh, I loved... Uh, using the warbringer with rat swarms and stuff like that so uh, i think um yeah, a couple of tournaments i think i played second a couple of one days with um i was up against geordie and stuff like that with his beasts um so that was that was a very very good game and, and obviously geordie's a fantastic player um so and then i moved a little bit more into scryer with the three cannons um so i was with that addition i was playing not so many big blobs i was running units of 20 clan rats you know three units of 20 clan rats um two units of rat ogres a four and a two and you know lots of rat swarms and some artillery some gisales and it was actually really good it was um you know it was really fun um and sort of caught a few people out oh these come back on a three plus these come back on a three plus um which was fun, and then I think I haven't I haven't played with Skaven in this new edition, but I really think they have a lot of play with big blobs and a plague furnace and stuff like that. I think they have a lot of play, and I also think warp fire throwers are absolutely amazing. Ooh, Deep yes. striking those guys, <laughs> um, wow, amazing! You know, uh, Lumineth archers hate them. Um, many a time have I taken off blocks of big arches and stuff like that from Lumineth and it's, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see what Skaven can do in this edition, um, with big blocks of clan rats and, you know, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. But yeah, like I said, with, with some of the horse stuff at the moment, even my Gits army at the moment, I'm not running particularly big blocks of anything. I think I just had to put in a list for PMTT today, um, and you know my list is there's no big blocks of stabbers. It's like two unit two units of twenty stabbers. Um, there is a big unit of herd, 
<laughs> as there always is. So there'd be a 36 herd, a 24 herd, a 10 boy drop bounders, um, you know, gobapalooza, that sort of stuff. But sort of plan around with the uh, minus one to hit bubbles on the gobapalooza, um, hopefully stacked in with the netters, tagging units as well to give them a minus two, you know, things like that. And then obviously the big alpha punch of the uh, herd and the boing drops. So, um, yeah, but we'll see how it goes. You know, KO's now floating around and nuking everybody <laughs> off the boards. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you find you play quite aggressive with these git armies at the moment or are you more, a bit more reserved in your weight to bust out of the castle later on? Yeah. At the moment, I'm figuring out I'm still at, I'm still in that process of figuring out what's working for me. Um, like I, I had a game against Paddy in his KO last week where I got quite aggressive turn one with a unit of 24 herd, which literally just bounced off his ship. Um, oh, and, okay. uh, you know, like the minus one, because I had to sort of keep, I only ran one squid boss. So I had to keep that bubble with the 36 in one area and I sort of pushed this other herd out to the side and I was thinking to take his home objective. Um, but, yeah, I think at the moment I think running almost like a castle build with them and playing defensive is uh, is working a bit more for me at the moment and keeping in those bubbles and those auras and, um, you know, making people come into you. Because I've got Grindrak in the list as well, I don't care if you alpha me because all my squigs get to fight on death. So, um that's that's quite nice as well. And then are you playing for more of a one-drop army or do you like having all these extra bits and pieces? Extras at the moment for Extras. me, mate. It's um, Yeah, yeah. I, I like to run a, a galley command uh, just in case. I've actually Some of the lists I've actually come up against don't have too many sharpshooters in, believe it or not. Um, I had a game against Gabe the other night and he was running some sharpshooters with some bliss barbs. I think he had something like what was it 40 to 60 bliss barbs in his list they they were all in galley vets in the sharpshooter battalion um but no i like i like to try and stick a, a squig boss uh, with a squig herd in that galatian um galatian command so they can't the squig boss can't be shot off so easily um but yeah no i I'd normally run i'm normally about a seven or eight drop i normally run, i will run a battle reg a warlord because i like I still like fishing for the old double triumph. <laughs> you know, I don't like everything running away. That's that's glorious when you start slapping down a triumph to not run. Oh yes, especially <laughs> when the the gits can't even the the squig herd sorry can't even take command abilities. So you yeah, use yeah. those triumphs is exactly. Um, Jordy was getting a little bit frustrated the other night. We had a game his bock versus my 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 gits, and it was a very very close game. I think in the end we called it a draw. Um, it was just, you know, it was incredible. The amount of tech that Bok has with the movement, pulling pulling the units away and then, you know, doing that that mortal wound zap onto your heroes. Like, it's it was very, um, yeah, God, I had to screen everywhere. And it was such a technical game. It was, it was fun. Um, yeah, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Well, you spoke earlier about getting into tournaments and you're playing some top-tier tournament players. At what point in your gaming setup did you decide to get into playing tournaments? Um, I think, do you mean, sorry, do you mean in the new edition with AOS or? 
or just did you play tournaments previously before moving to Australia? Oh, only when I was a little bit younger. I think the first, I think the only major tournament I ever went to was the Grand Tournament in Nottingham when I was in England. So I, I think I was about 16 or 17. And, um, I, you know, where I was from, a little sleepy town in Suffolk, Lowestoft, there was, wasn't many tournaments being run at all. Um, you know, the nearest games workshop was in Norwich, um, which, I mean, it was only a f an hour drive away, so that wasn't much. But back then, when you're living in the UK, it seems like a fair hike. Um, so, yeah, I never really went to tournaments much. And, and I thought, you know what? It's on my bucket list. I really want to go to Nottingham. I really want to go to a grand tournament. I really want to take my dwarves and see what I can do. And, and I just got absolutely slapped. Um, <laughs> but it was an amazing experience, you know, like going into Buckman's Bar and, and all of the, just meeting people. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, I came away from that. And then, you know, my work life kind of began. So sort of got a bit harder after that. And then when I came over here and got into AOS again, and again, it was like uh, Simon – you know, he was like, you know, come to this tournament. You're going to really enjoy it. Come to this tournament. I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm really new. You know, he says, yep, it's just fun. You know, just come along. You'll enjoy it. And you know what? I came along and, and Simon started introducing me to people in the community. And, um, you know, I started to get to slowly know people. And it was just amazing. You know, everybody's so welcoming and, and it's just amazing. Like, we're, I feel so lucky to be in Queensland with all of these tournaments that are being run with such a great community and loads of people playing, it's, I feel very fortunate. I feel very fortunate indeed to play. What, what tournament was the first one that Simon brought you to? You know what? I think it was War in the West. It was that Ips, it was the Ipswich tournament that uh, was run. God, I'm sorry. My brain's a bit fried. I don't know how many years ago that was. There was a war in the West. It was it was a it was a tournament out at Ipswich, and I think there was around sixty players. You know, we had all the guys there. Everybody, every near, most of the familiar faces that are in our community now were there. You know, Gabe and everybody, Gammy and and Simon, like Paddy, and all of those guys were there. And um, it was a big uh, it was a big two dayer, and it was quite close to where I lived. Um, and yeah, it was. I think it was just when sort of uh, Feck were at their height and Gristlegores were smashing everything in sight. And I think maybe even Slanesh were doing the rounds as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's just before I think I got into the hobby. Yeah. It would have been when that yeah. tournament happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was my first. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of lucky if I can get to two or three bigger tournaments a year. Um, you know, just due to um, family commitments and stuff like that um, and work. And um, I'll try and hit up a one day now and again if I can, if I get enough brownie points with the wife, <laughs> um, for, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I like this year I'm hoping to go to at least three or four. Um, that's my goal, to go to, you know, three or four of the two days at least um, because I hear there's some great ones coming through the pipeline. Oh, yes, there's definitely lots of big tournaments coming up at the moment. Yeah. Great TOs as well. Absolutely. And and that's another thing, you know, that the TOs, the amount of work they do, it's incredible. You know, the amount of stuff they do, it's because, you know, it's not for money, is it? Let's no, be honest. Not. It's not for money. So the amount of, of time they put in with shifting boards, terrain, 
organising venues or, you know, going through people's lists, you know, the amount of time those guys spend, you know, hats off. You guys are amazing. Without without those guys, they're, they're heroes in the community. Without those guys, we'd be, God, we'd be, what would we be doing? We'd be playing on the carpet again somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I think so, that's just yeah. you though, Gav. You seem to be the one that plays on the carpet a lot. <laughs> Where do you normally find yourself in the tournament these days? You sort of like mid tier, upper tier. What what sort of your normal tournament results? So I'm, <laughs> so I'm I'm your average. I'm your average war gamer. I think. Um, I think the best results I've had are four ones. I've never ever gone a five zero. Um, you know, I've always you know I podiumed a few times. I've got. Um, couple of best painters when all of the good painters aren't around uh, <laughs> you know best i've got a couple of best sports which is i i that's i love those you know i love those that's that's what i'm aiming for um i'd love a 5-0 don't get me wrong um but uh some of the guys that we i'm playing we play in a shark tank at the moment it's, Ooh, it's yes. yeah. you know i'm you know trying to play weekly with australian masters you know your Dave Kerr's, your your Corey's, and you know in Queensland, and there's so many great players. Geordie, you know, had a game against Geordie this week. He just took out Cancom with his bock. Um, so I'm hoping I'm trying to get a game, at least one game in a week at the moment, um, whether it be in my little playroom out the back, and uh, or I get down to another shop, uh, another venue on a Thursday night when I'm allowed out. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, this week I was a bit fortunate because the wife had a few days off, so I got to get three games in this week. So I was loving Ooh, life. Nice. Getting your reps in, that's for sure. That's it. That's it. I'm trying to get the reps in for Gits because they're not a quick army to play. Finding. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I normally, to answer your question, Sam, I, I normally, uh, around about the 3-2, lucky if I get a 4-1. Um, I think the worst result I had was a 2-3. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm sort of around the average, you know, on my float up and down, depending, you know, if I get drawn to get up against Corey and, and all those guys. <laughs> Is that like <laughs> your, your normal sort of goal for a tournament? Do you try and get the positive win rate or what was yeah, your expectation like, and what do you try and get most out of a tournament for yourself? Yeah, I think I try, I don't, I don't like taking, even though Gits at the moment are very competitive I feel like that's another. If I feel like if I'm if I'm bringing a competitive list, I'm putting more pressure on myself to win. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that that can sort of hinder me sometimes because I start when I'm at the tables as well. I start second doubting myself, I second guessing myself when I'm playing moves and stuff like that. Um, like when I was playing Skaven, I was having a blast because you know there was no stigma attached to Skaven. There was no stigma of these are a top tier army. You know, if you don't if you don't perform with these guys, you know you're, you know, it doesn't. If you don't perform with Gits, though, you know you're. Oh. So it's. Um, I think Gits is definitely a bit more of an exception. Like Gits seems to be all over the board because a lot of people really enjoy the army and had a lot of them have it yeah. in storage. And I think over the tournament results over the past two or three weekends. They've taken out tournaments. They've gone one and four. They're all over the gambit because there's so much difference in skill level as well as models. People are taking spiders. People are trying out new fun things. 
And because it's gets, I think everyone loves them in general. So I don't think, I think that stigma is coming from yourself there, Gav. You're putting your own yeah, pressure I, on I, yourself. I, that's it. I, 100%. It's, it's, all, it's all about me, Sam. <laughs> um, no 100 percent. it's 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 me and um you know it's just me issues um so yeah you know i like to uh try and go into these tournaments and try i like to try and get as many reps under my belt as i can with these with these uh lists just because uh, you know i'm a bit slower on the uptake than most people um so i just want to go and have fun when i get to these tournaments i want to i want to play like me and you play, we have fun. It's a great game. We play a solid game. We play a tight game. Um, but it's all about having fun. You know, at the end of the day, if I get a win out of it, great. You know, if I don't get a win out of it, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep at night. <laughs> um, it's if For me, it's it's going to these places, catching up with some mates, um, you know, having a bit of banter because I love a bit of banter with people. And... Um, yeah, just just seeing how it's sort of like testing yourself as well, isn't it? It's like you know, see how well I can do with this list that I put together, um, and and see what we can do. Have a beer, have a chat. Yeah. So if I can hit a four-one, a three-two, I'm happy. Really happy. You said you won quite a few best sports or best opponents. What do you think most about you as a person and you as a player has enabled you to get sort of those? results sportings wise um i'm not too serious at the table as in um i know it's a tournament but if 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 my opponent says to me oh mate i've forgotten to do this do you mind if i i'm like mate go for it you know like you know i know we're in a tournament scene but you know if you've forgotten to move that unit just move it you know you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not uh i don't i don't i'm not i'm not one of these guys that just takes things too seriously you know everybody everybody likes to win games nobody likes to lose you know if somebody says oh, i don't mind losing okay i don't think many people like to lose anything <laughs> no. you know anything um but i think if you can walk away from that table and you can honestly say to yourself my opponent would 100 percent like to play me again in a tournament i'm happy if 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 the next tournament we go to and my name's read out and this guy other guy's name's read out and he's thinking to himself in his head, yes, I really want to play Gav again because we had a really good game last time and he wasn't an asshole. You know that that's my goal. Um, I also want to give that player a good game. I don't want to be a walkover. I don't want to be. Um, I don't want to hand anything to anybody on a plate. Um, but I also wanted them to have fun and enjoy the experience. And, you know, for, for instance, the, the thing I'm working on at the moment to not give my opponent a bad game is working on my speed. I want to work on my, my, my gameplay. That's why I'm trying to get as many reps in as possible. So, you know, my opponent's not standing there at the other, <laughs> other end of the board staring at me, yawning because I'm taking forever to do my movement phase, to do my shooting phase here. You know, so that's what I'm working on at the moment to try and give my opponent the best game they can as well. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. I, I kind of that's it, I guess. I just so we've played fun. quite a few games together. Yeah, and there seems to be a running theme. I don't know what it is about <laughs> you, but every single person that I've spoken to or know that you've played, you seem to have 
the unluckiest <laughs> dice in the world. We've uh, played games where every time we play, we're both in tears and laughter because uh, of your dice rolling. Yeah. How do you think, like, you react? What's the best way to sort of turn the situation around when your dice aren't performing to not be, like, a super salty person? You know, it's hard, hey. Um, <laughs> like, I, yeah, like, sometimes, sometimes I get so frustrated with myself it's like, um, oh, yeah. Sometimes I just have to breathe and I keep telling myself, Gav, it's a dice game. Gav, it's a dice game. Gav. But sometimes it's like I can't catch a break. Like I think, <laughs> I think like the, one of the most for, for, against me and you, I think the first game we started to notice it was when I was playing my, my Gargans. You know, and they were going in and just missing everything on threes or something it was, you know, ones, twos, everywhere. And then it was like, oh, watch this. I can roll three ones in a row and rolling three ones in a row. And, you know, it, yeah, dice, dice, oh, infuriate me sometimes. I've gone through so many dice. It's not Actually, I've got more dice on the way. Oh, nice. Two dice on you, the way. You've literally been playing with dice, traded oh. them with Patty, yeah. Paddy started rolling them and they were fine and rolled hot. Yeah. And the dice that you got from him then also started rolling poorly. Yeah. But someone that's played you quite often, I feel like your table energy and your enthusiasm is just like sucked out of the dice. Uh, so you're so, so enthusiastic and then your dice just roll so poorly. Like yeah. the amount of like failures in terms of like you'll roll 10 dice and you'll be like, yeah. Nine ones and twos and one three. Yeah. It yeah. is innumerable the amount of times I've seen dice rolling like that from you. Yeah. Well, it's a running thing at the moment. Like, I roll threes like fours. So three upside, it's, it's, we've sort of done the math. Uh, like, most of the time, I'm rolling three ups like four ups. So they skew heavily quite, like, quite that way. Um, like, for the, like, I've been playing Credia recently a bit, uh, one night a week here. And, you know, we're just laughing at the dice. You know, it's all right, great. Turn one, it's my hero phase. Let's go. First spell, double one. Okay, cool. All right, brilliant. All right, no, well, that's that out of the way for the game. Next cast, a three. Right, no, no, we're getting this out of the way early. We're getting, and it's just continued, you know, and, it, you know, then my squigs get within my, my 36 block squig herd get within three inches of his unit, you know, and I've got. I'm like, cred, I'm going to eat you alive now, you know, and then double one, you know, for the charge. And it's like, cut me a break. But, yeah, it's um, it's funny. Uh, sometimes I just try and laugh it off, and that's all I can do before I bury my head into my hands and cry. Um, but, yeah, I just – I'm going through that dice. I'm, I don't know what I should do. I think I've got to start doing some sort of ritual. Um <laughs> There's like things you can um, oh. offer sacrifices to. I mean, if you wanted to do the big submarine, you can go down to Victoria off it there. Oh, Maybe mate. you need to find some sort of dice god and sacrifice some dice there or something. Oh, mate. I even asked Dave Kerr once. This was this was last year at some point in an event. I said, Dave, Dave, what, are, what am I doing wrong with my dice, mate? Like, they're just they're, – they're rolling horrendous the entire time. He goes, mate, you've got to talk to them. Where do you store your <laughs> dice? I was like, I don't know, like with my stuff in the garage. He goes, eh, see, they're cold. You know, you, you've got to nurture your guys. You've got to look after them. You've got to talk to them. And I'm like, I, 
I heard but, a really uh, good way to warm up is just throwing the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or they like a nice cold salt bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Have man. you thought about possibly playing armies that lean into more consistent dice rolls? Yes, I have. Um, for me as well, though, unfortunately. Um, okay, so I, I do own a few armies unpainted that I just, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a, a collection addict, so I will pick up stuff. I don't sell stuff. I sell stuff very rarely. Um, so I have this mounting pile of shame. Um, but I have to, when I play with these armies, said armies, I have to like the aesthetic. It's, they could be like, um, it's like, for instance, for me personally, I can't get into the Stormcast aesthetic. I don't I, know what it is. I can agree with you there. I, I would never touch the Stormcast. Anymore, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I like, I don't know, it must be the randomness sometimes in the armies that I find fun, like Skaven and Gitz. You know, like cannons blowing themselves up on peculiar rolls, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. I, I, I love armies that are fun as well. Um, but with that comes, you know, are they going to be peak competitive because of the randomness as well? Um, yeah, so I guess when I'm choosing armies to play, I have to the aesthetic. And that might not be until I played with them one or once or twice to get how they play as well, as well as their aesthetic. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I did play, I had a, a couple of games with Stormcast when I was first getting into it and I just couldn't, I just didn't, yeah, it just didn't gel. Um, it's like KO. I own a full KO army unpainted, but I'm still, I don't know if I like the aesthetic. They're dwarves. I love dwarves, but also the mechanics of just, things have just got to gel i've got to find them fun to play as well um because that's that's the main thing for me uh, uh, you know playing something that's fun um yeah so do you think the the biggest pull is the funness comes in randomness for me i think it could be you know it could it, it could well be um but that also can also lead to not very funness <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. with your dice, and I suppose it, it leans a little bit towards like the um. I suppose, no, but doesn't really because your issue is when you roll a warp lightning cannon that's overcharged, you roll a six. Like you, you see, no matter even if it's like a low rolling dice amount you want, you'll still roll hot on those ones. Yeah. Although I must say, actually, I must say, I did go through a phase of rolling those ones for those warp lightning cannons. And it was glorious. You know, I think I had three warp lightning cannons go off once on Archeon and it was one, two, one on the power rolls overcharging oh. <laughs> and it was glorious, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, well, you know, Gits have got a little less random in their movement. So that's, that's great. Um, but I just love their aesthetic. They're just crazy, crazy guys that are whacked out on mushrooms i mean that's brilliant you know like it's so good like i love fanatics i love fanatics and you know eventually i want to run you know the 30 fanatics big blocks of gobos grots stabbers and shooters you know ah mate 
it'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, with the fanatics, it's so good. So yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. I love it. Well, following along, what sort of what do you do with your armies that you don't enjoy playing with? Do you find you sell your armies? Do you find you just keep a hold of them till maybe they're fun for you? Because you're saying you've got your KO sitting there. Is there a reason you haven't sold it? Yeah, yeah. I, I do sit on armies a lot because I I like to I, – I never want to sell an army and then a year later, a year and a half later, go, oh, actually, maybe I made a mistake. You know, I like to be really sure that I'm not going to probably ever play that army again. Um, and I guess the, when I keep the army is when I've started putting paint on it. Because when I've started to, I mean, I'm not a fantastic painter. I'd consider myself an average painter. Um, but if I start going through that whole process of painting and getting the army up to a good sort of tabletop standard, um, I'm very, then I'm even more reluctant to sell it. Yeah, even more reluctant. So I, I kind of will play the army in grey plastic first to see if I do like it a lot. Um, before I start putting paint on it, and that, that's sort of my yeah, my sort of my guide. Um, and I'm still sitting on the fence with KO, they've been sat there for I don't know, no, uh, just under know, six months, seven months, probably. I picked them up, and they'll probably be sat there for a while longer because I want to be on gits this year. And I'm still getting scaven cravings, <laughs> man, you know. And a couple of like, you know, now and again, I'll pop out the fire slayers for a practice game with someone who comes over, you know, like. So I still sort of pop them out now and again, but really focusing down on one faction at the moment. So that's that's gets for me this year. Come whether they get massive high price hikes, um, I want to try and make them work even more. So if, you know that's that's even a bigger challenge. If if we get an FAQ where the points go through the roof on herd and something else, and they become so outpriced that you know you can't take big blocks anymore, you have to mix it up with other stuff. Mate, I want to explore Trogs. I want to ex explore the Grot side. Um, you know, I haven't got a great deal of spiders, but, you know, that might be something of interest as well, doing a nice mixed list with the Trogs, spiders, and a few other things, you know. So I really want to explore it. I really want to deep dive it. Obviously, squigs are very competitive at the moment. Um, I mean, Trogs are doing quite well as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I really want to focus down on that. You said you sort of think you're an average sort of painter. What would you describe your paint style as then? What what when you go in with an army, do you convert up a lot of things? Do you just paint them as they are? Do you kit bash? What's your ideas behind army design and painting? I would love to be able to do green stuff work and stuff like that. Um, you know, like Geordie is amazing and stuff, stuff. You're you're very good yourself. You know, like at the moment where I am in my life with regards to trying to find time for the hobby, um, I do minimal conversion work. Um, and when I say my conversion work, it might be a head swap or an arm <laughs> swap or, you know, like um, I would like to be a lot more adventurous and be able to start working well with the green stuff and, you know, being able to sculpt the fur and, and all do all that sort of lovely, lovely stuff. Because some of those, some of those, works out there are amazing you know um painting style at the moment for me is a mixture of contrast airbrush um 
you know, I'm still trying to find my way with what I like, but also to be relatively quick. Um, purely because, you know, with, with time with the family at the moment, you know, it, it's very hard. I'm, I'm sort of the guy that's up late at night when everybody else has gone to bed and up first thing in the morning to get hobbying like late at night, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I sort of reach for, I, I do a mixture of contrasts, airbrushing on miniatures and stuff like that. So it's, it's sort of a quicker, a quicker method for me at the moment. I, I really still want to explore oils and stuff like that, like yourself have done. Um, cause I think they would be amazing. That'd look really, really cool. They'll make it nice and quick for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, but, um, I try, I, I, I try and do my best because I like to sit them in the cabinet and I like to look at them. So I try not to rush them when I can. Do you think you, your style represents like more of the games workshop style or do you feel like you've just got your own thing with the contrast and airbrushing and things like that? Um, yeah, I, tr what you mean as in following, um, like their guides to, like, yeah, are you, are you like a base coat wash highlight sort of person or do you just go in with airbrushing and then do some washes and a few bit of highlights or what would you say like your main premise for painting is? Yeah, I would go with the latter. Um, I like to use washes. I like to highlight. I like to use the airbrush to do some highlights and stuff as well. I like to do a little bit of OSL. That's been a bit cool recently. Um, and I like doing pops of that on bases and stuff as well. Um, I was doing, I did some experimentation on some crawl boys where it, it looked like they were coming out of a campfire. So the whole, the sort of the backs of them were all sort of dark and I sort of airbrushed the back of them. So it looked like the moonlight was collecting the back, but at the front, the fire from like the light from the fire was touching the fronts of them all. Uh, which was quite cool. And I just did glowy effects of poison on the weapons and from the uh, shaman's pots and stuff like that. And it looked quite cool, but I sort of, that fell by the wayside and experimenting with that sort of stuff. So I, I do like to play around with different techniques. I'm not great with it, but I do like to play around and, and um, I get a lot of in inspiration from, uh, you know, other people in the hobby and stuff like that. And I, I do like to try my hand at, you know youtube's always a great source of uh inspiration as well so but yeah it's, I, I would consider myself an average painter definitely not one of these top tier painters for sure okay. i mean you have won awards though so you don't put yourself too low yeah yeah i didn't do too bad i spent i think with my fire slayers i took a little bit more time on my fire slayers i think i was i think every slayer was taking me an hour to paint um, and that was a long process, um, that I did and that, that took a lot of time. I had a bit more time on my hands then. And, um, yeah, I was quite proud of my slayers. They, they were okay, you know, but, um, yeah, not, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay. You're saying you like stay up late and paint your arms and stuff like that. Cause you've got your family there. I, you know, I know you've got younger kids. Are they all interested or what's your family situation with Warhammer's? Can you interest some of them? What does your missus think of it all? <laughs> so um, my wife kind of lets me get on with it. And like, um, you know, I get a bit of a ribbon sometimes, you know, go and play with your dollies, you know, that sort of stuff. So she's sort <laughs> of uh, there. I've tried to, to, to get her into a game on a couple of occasions and there is no way 
There is no way that is happening at all. But um, my younger boys, you know, we would do um, practice games in the garage and I'd set up all the scenery and stuff like that and we'd have like a, a three-way battle and stuff like that. We'd, I'd dumb down the rules really, really basic to get them into it and stuff. But, you know, the problem was they were getting too competitive. <laughs> it's almost turned into a brawl, you know. Oh, well. <laughs> Guys, you know, this is this is fun. We're having fun. But my boys are really competitive with each other. So I've got a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. And, um, you know, they are so competitive at everything they do um, because they're into a lot of sport and stuff as well. And it was like, I think if I remember rightly, I had some Skaven models on the board. My youngest boy had Seraphon and my oldest boy had uh, some Slayers, some Fire Slayers. And I think my youngest boy had um, uh, a few salamanders and stuff like that. So they were just spitting things off the board left, right and centre. <laughs> so he was like getting all cocky and, yeah, you know, and, you know, my oldest was uh, the fire slayers and he was trying to trundle across the board and he was just getting eaten up. So it didn't, it didn't end well, um, can we say. And then we migrated to MCP because I was trying to get him into some form of tabletop because they love superheroes and um, – they actually, to believe believe it or not, they actually got a very good grasp of the rules to the point where, in the end, they were actually playing a full game with the full rules, um, with cool. all the you know, and and I w- it was it was a proud it was a proud moment for me to stand back there after teaching them all the rules and getting them into it slowly over time and getting them to I was sort of to in their game. And getting them to play each other, um, but I think we had a misfortunate game there where uh, my youngest again he hasn't got my dice rolling techniques. My youngest, um, I think, in the first phase, the first turn, managed to daze three or four of my other boys' characters. He had some amazing <laughs> roles. Where my ten-year-old proceeded to have a tantrum and uh, told me he was never playing the game again. <laughs> so. So um, I'm trying to um, push them into it in baby steps. They're painted models. They they slap some paint on miniatures now and again, and you know they enjoy that on um, on you know different days here and there. I find out some old plastic they can paint, um, so they enjoy that now and again. But whether I get them into uh, tabletop gaming full time, that's a dream. I think um, they're very into their video games. They're very into their soccer and martial arts at the moment so yeah not enough time for these tabletop games no we're we're at sport six days a week after wow. school okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very involved with sport then that's for yeah. sure yeah yeah so well, um so they obviously had a few memorable games playing with each other what about yourself and the hobby have you got a few memorable games you wanted to talk about or just one or what springs to mind as like a a game that just sticks in your head Actually, I'm not sure if it's for good or bad, but there is there is a few games that stick in my head. The first one that springs to mind was a game I had, I think it was last year, actually, and it was The Dreaded Purple Sun. <laughs> uh, and actually, I, I managed... <laughs> I walked away with best sports from that tournament. So I was obviously playing my Skaven and I was playing a nice, a nice guy called Barry. And um, Barry was rocking a Stormcast list. Um, 
and he had uh, Karazai, or I think it was which is the magic one, Crondis. Crondis, uh, Karazai. I think it's Crondis. Yeah, I think. It's yeah, Crondis. yeah. So he had he had him, and um, I wasn't too sure what he was up to, but we deployed. He had first turn because he outdropped, and uh, I thought I'd set up and uh, screened well enough, but it appears I didn't. So basically, uh, he. He came. He came and dropped into my army first turn. Then, uh, uh, sorry, he cast Purple Sun. Basically, Purple Sun ended up going through my ranks and landing next to uh, Thankful, uh. Uh, a Vermin Lord, um, and um, proceeded to take both of them off. Oh no! <laughs> and um. I'm not pretty sure that's how it went in one turn. And then I I failed to dispel it and I think it ate something else. And um, I think by that time it was almost game. You know, he'd removed something like eight or 900 points of my army in one turn. For any models, forward or anything, it's just purely off one spell. Yeah. And I just, and, and, and I think everybody heard me scream, no, no. And I just burst out laughing and I leant across the table and shook Barry's hand and went, well done, mate. Congratulations. <laughs> you and, rolled uh, three ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that was, um, yeah, that was, that was definitely a memorable game. Um, uh, you know, uh, I've had memorable games against Geordie, you know, last uh, PMTT we were in the final together. That was a great game against his Beast of Chaos. The, the old book um, with my Skaven and that was an, another glorious game. Um, yeah, I I don't think I can... that The only one the Purple Sun sticks out in my head is because of how devastating it actually was. Um, I had a game recently against Patrick Carter with his new KO against my Gits and uh, turn one, he wiped out nearly my whole army. Oh, lovely. It was incredible. Uh, in the shooting phase, he went through 72 wounds of Squig Herd Um, yeah, rolled a one on the snufflers to try and get the ward off. That didn't happen. Uh, and then proceeded to shoot through 72 wounds of squig herd. Um, not that the ward would have mattered anyway, because the admiral could have taken it off, but, um, yeah. So yeah, there's, I just, yeah, there's some, some good games I've had in the past, but yeah, I think that one sticks out losing that much, that many models in one turn with a purple sun really hits home. Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. I was glad when they changed that. <laughs> I mean, you could have done the uh, the smart thing and put them, was it, 9.3 inches away from each other. You can't tag both of them. I mean, that's all you needed to do. <laughs> no, I left this perfect gap, and it was like, you know, it's like I say, it was one of those moments where I'm just like, you know, when you deploy and you just think, oh, no, oh, this game's on <laughs> Can the way. Can we restart? I hope he hasn't seen what I've seen. Oh, no, he has. No, it's happening. It's happening. You know, Thankful fails to dispel the purple sun on a plus three. And no, he was on plus four. Sorry, he was next to the Nahal. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That right there is more of Gav's dice rolling. Yeah, yeah. Just It was. It, it couldn't have gone any more perfect for Barry. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> so anyway, it happened, you know. It yep. was what the odds. Not dispelling it on a plus four, then rolling double one. Yeah, that's pretty low. That's pretty low. <laughs> so with a lot of your uh, memorable games there, they seem to have been at tournaments. Have you mm. got a favourite tournament you've been to? 
Ooh, good question. Favorite tournament. I don't want to upset any TOs in Queensland here, right? <laughs> you know, they're all fantastic tournaments, you know. Um, memorable tournaments have always been um, Goldcon. I do like Goldcons. Um, you know, uh, first it was Simon started it off, uh, then it moved over to Scott and Nicole and that. Um, there's, they're all, it's, that's such a hard question because they're all so good. The Briz Hammers. The Briz Hammers are always good with Stratty and that. Like, Henry's start the PMTTs up. Um, oh, favourite, favourite. Um, okay, I think my favourite tournament, and this is and this is no offence to any other TO, it was just my personal experience because I've, I, I, I went to the uh, Briz Hammer tournament um, uh, when Simon was Simon Hall was uh, involved in that one, not as a TO, but he was playing. And I took my Cities of Sigma list, okay? And I sort of went as a bit of a – I took this Cities of Sigma list because Simon had been working on this Cities of Sigma list that he'd been developing for quite some time. So I decided to, to net list his list but change a couple of things in the list with like um, – God, what were they? The Shadow Guys. Um Shadow stalkers, shadows the, the the yeah the bow guys that deploy on uh, shadow warriors, shadow warriors. So I put some shadows because he he didn't rate the shadow warriors at the time, and I said nah, the shadow warriors just they're the bomb man. Like you need this. So we went to we went to um, we went to Briz Hammer, and you know he did quite well at the event. And um, I was I remember a game against Tim. And Tim remembers this game, Tim, Dr. Tim, Timmy DeVitt, who plays KO. And I had a really, really close game with him and he had his KO. And the, the Shadow Warriors won me the game, basically. <laughs> the, you know, like the last turn they deployed down in his, in his turn to uh, contest his objective. And I had to make this charge to, to get in on the objective to take it from him. And I just made it and, and I won the game. I think I went 4-1 at that event. And but the whole time I was having this banter with Simon because he was running, he was running the cities of Sigma, and it was like you know I said now you know my cities of Sigma list is better Simon because I'm wearing I'm running Shadow Warriors you know like you've got to understand my list is far superior to yours even though he fully knew that I ripped off his list and I was just running it as a mem like it was brilliant it was it was a very very fun event that you know uh, I went for one at that and it was good. Um, yeah, it was just it was great atmosphere, you know. The, everybody was having fun, everybody was laughing, everybody had a great time. It was just, yeah, that was a really fun event for me. I, that one sticks out in my mind, the Briz Hammer. Um, but you know, now the the Gold Cons, the PMT, they're all great. I don't want to upset any TO. <laughs> You're all amazing. I love you all. Like they're they're amazing. It's it's. I'm just thankful that that, that they can run them. Like it's just great. Yeah. Well, you you left us hanging there. Who's placed higher, you or Simon? Do you know what? I actually think on points, Simon got it. He, I think he had a stronger strength of schedule. I don't know how that worked. He was playing welfare and stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he Is that just, why you left it out? You just didn't want to say... I, no, it just slipped my mind. Oh, that's what happens, is it? Just, it? Totally just slipped your mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just totally slipped. I think actually... You know, Simon would have, uh, no doubt, he probably would have um, placed higher than me anyway. He's, he's a great player. Love him to death. I just wish he'd come back to the good side. I wish he'd just <laughs> come back to ARS again. 
Um, but yeah, no, nah, I think he just pipped me. I think he just pipped me. Yeah. Well, we've spoken for just over an hour here, Gav. Yeah. Uh, I did ask a few questions on the Twitters to see <laughs> about you. Oh, and no. I asked, like, how, how would players improve their unlucky dice rolling? Uh, <laughs> and these two players you'll play quite often. Uh, but Gabe says, to pick opponents whose armies don't have 120 damage per turn output. So how are you supposed to improve your dice rolling? And then uh, Paddy, who you've uh, who put that 120 points of damage into you, uh, he just says to burn them to set a precedent for all your other dice. That's correct. Yeah, Paddy. Yeah, Paddy absolutely smoked me uh, the other week, and um, like, and it wasn't with spiking. He didn't spike dice rolls, and I mean, on squigs on a six-up save, failing to get a mystic shield off him and a ward save, you just don't have saves. So I just didn't need to roll dice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. So I just didn't roll dice. That was that was what happened there. I didn't even and and I didn't even have a chance to roll dice. So um, yeah, that was that was an experience and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I've got I've got some proper yellow, bright yellow square skits dice coming from across the sea. So um, I'm hoping that they arrive before the tournament. They're currently in New York, I think. <laughs> That's a long so, way away. So I'm, I'm <laughs> the tournament's only like two I'm, weeks away. I'm hoping that they turn up before. Otherwise, I've got to start looking up rituals. You know, there's <laughs> got to be some chickens around here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so there'll be something going on. Yeah, mate. Yeah. So, so what's next for you in the hobby? What armies have you got planned? I know you're sticking with your gits. But what else do you think you would pick up along the way? Or are you just going to stick with gits for the next year or so? I want to, that's my focus. I don't, I really don't want to be drawn away. Um, this is one thing I need to, to make, I feel, I feel personally for me, I feel like I need to, to get better at the hobby and I want to get better at the hobby and I want to get a little bit more competitive if I can is to stick with that one army and I want to, and I want to get the reps out so I'm quicker, you know, and, and yeah, that's, I just, you know, I just hope new shinies don't get in the way and I see something, you know, I don't want that. I really, my goal, this is my goal. I, I want to try and stick to that goal, you know, plan for a year. I may even go back next year. I may even go back onto Skaven for a little while. Cause I do miss Skaven. Um, these, I think these regiment of renown boxes are going to do stuff as well to certain people's lists. And this going to unlock, some different tech i think it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens there with with those if i don't know if they're going to bring out any more regiments of renown and stuff but that's that's going to shake up stuff as well um you know we're coming into a ko meta i think i think ko are going to be very prevalent um well it seems to be the way with ko they're very polarizing army they either come out and they can't do anything because the shooting's too nerfed yeah or they come out and the shooting's too top notch and it just warps the meta yeah yeah it's, it's almost like a fully shooting army shouldn't be an aos yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of uh yeah there's a lot of theories on that isn't there um yeah i don't know i i see which way the see which way it falls it's interesting I, I it's very interesting to see how the dynamic shifts when new books come out and you know more competitive books hit the scene and stuff like that and 
you know, I love I love watching Corey's and Dave's and you know all that guy work work out their lists and see how they're going to combat stuff and stuff. It's great. It's it's fantastic. I love watching those guys. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping Sam to stay on Gits. Um, please slap me across the face if you ever see me waving off Gits. And I'll make sure to take a photo good. later on if, if yes. I do see you wavering, and I'll post it online so we can see a nice red hand on your face cheek. Yes, <laughs> please. I need to stick with the Gits for at least a year, no matter okay. if they get nerfed points. Or whatever, I want to stay with the gits. I love playing with the gits. Um, you know, okay, squigs get nerfed through points. Let's have a look at some trogs. Let's have a look at a mix, mixed list. Let's, you know, let's, you know, maybe I subscribe to Darren Watson and he can give me some good pointers. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out to Darren for sure. Shout out to Darren. Uh, I love, you know, all the guys you've had on the show before have been amazing. I've obviously kept up with listening to you. And, um, yeah, th- those guys, all the guys you've had on are legends. So, yeah, it's been amazing to, to listen to their thoughts. It's been interesting to hear Geordie's thoughts on list building and stuff like that. And, I've, you know, I take all of their input and advice on board and it, it, it just, uh, it just it's brilliant. It's, it's fantastic. It's such a great tool to have. Yeah, I've enjoyed doing it all again to learn those experiences from people and putting that oh. out there for other people to learn. What um, if you want to apply to all that sort of those theories that they all have? If have you got a goal for PMTT with your gets then, either <laughs> points wise or like a best sports or what? What's your ideal goal? I would love. There? I would. I do you know what I think a, a, an incredible achievement would to be, would to be playing gets and getting best sports. That would be amazing, you know, um, because I think people – how do I put this? People that are playing against stronger, more competitive lists, I don't want them to have – even though it's hard for them to play against, I don't want them to have that negative play experience. And that's the hardest thing because it's like, uh, hey, Pete, you know, like um, – you know, these do this, these do this, these do this. They do what? The, the, they do what? You know, and it's like they're already starting off on the tilt of, of you know, your army does this, this and this, uh, you know. So to give them uh, a good experience, I guess it's hard when you're playing against something that's quite competitive. I would love to get that. I don't think I will. Um, I'd love to get best sports that, you know, there's so many great people, you know, I played Gabe this week. I've been wanting to play Gabe for bloody ages. We've been throwing around challenges to each other. And I got on Thursday night, Gammy goes, he's not going to turn up. He's not going to turn up. He was like ribbing him, you know, and he does this. Gabe does this. Gabe does this. And he turns up and I'm like, oh man. And, you know, I was really into it with Geordie. And um, so we, me and Geordie eventually finished the game up. And like, we had like an hour and a half, maybe two hours tops left. To, have to quickly set up and play, me and Gabe. And, you know, I love Gabe. You know, it was great. You know, I want to – we were rushing things so much. Um, I would just love – and I said to Gabe, Gabe, this is the first time me and you have got to play. We've been throwing us out for ages. I wish we just had more time to play, you know. To, but he's a great guy. Um, I think people like Gabe and – anybody plays Gabe and people like that and, and they're – get best sports hands down they're amazing people you know like amazing guys we've got a community full of amazing people um but 
if I could get, I'd be happy, even though I'm playing a very competitive list, I'd be happy with a free two. Um, even at PMTT, um, I try, I don't, I just don't want to put pressure on myself to <laughs> perform. You know who uh, does that uh, you know, a lot? A game. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> Gay puts a lot of pressure on himself to perform with these yeah. terrible armies. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, I'm, it's going to be fun. I'm looking to get a hotel, stay down there, catch up with some friends, have a beer, have some really good games, have some close games and um, see what happens in the wash. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be really good. Mm-hmm. It's one of my little joys. Yeah. The Toowoomba is always a nice little spot to go to. for tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got anything else planned in the works in way of tournaments, or is this sort of the only thing you've got booked in so far? Um, I'm looking at going to Meat Grinder, the Mango Meat Grinder one uh, that's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's like a month after. That's another two day. And then uh, Carwin was, has been speaking to me about his event as well, um, you know, which <clears> – <throat> Which interests me, actually, some of the things that Cohen may be floating around is, you know, like some of the... T- so over this side of the pond, we don't really use a lot of the uh, scenery rules of block and line of sight and overgrown mm. and stuff like that. And I've always been very interested in introducing that, in, you know, I think they'll be introduced into tournaments because I think it can impact the game quite a lot, having, you know, a line of sight block and terrain piece on each side of the table. And, you know, so... I think Carwin was looking into maybe putting some stuff into his uh, into his pack like that, um, which hell, you know, I'd love to play. I'd love to play a tournament with with some of the scenery rules like that. Some of the some of the scenery rules they play in the US and the UK, um, you know, I think I think would really be good. You yeah, know, drastically change the way we play our games here. Yeah, I I think it would be good to at least. You know, at least experiment. You know, and and Carwin and and the, and, the, and the guys. I think that's that's amazing to do. You know, like it really shakes things up. Hey, like at least at least experiment it for one tournament to see what happens, see if people like it or whatever. You know, like so the the UK people and the other people they keep using it. So clearly, it seems to provide some benefit to the gameplay on the table. Yeah, I don't know why we've not picked it up earlier when it would improve the game overall. There's a reason why there's line of sight blocking train in 40k. We yep. just never adopted it, and I feel like it would have tampered down these long strike army or dragon armies or any well, sort of yeah. long range shooting armies. Hundred percent, it puts a whole new dynamic on the game. Hey, like it really does. It, it opens up. Oh, mate, I I get excited thinking about it. Really, like. <laughs> you know, like the possibilities. Um, so yeah. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, meat, meat grinder is definitely one and Carwin's, I definitely want to lock that in as well if possible, but this year is looking to be so good. Like with, you know, I think gold cons possibly going to come out. Um, you know, like we're just getting spoiled for choice and they're all very, very local, you know, one, two, three hour drives away, you know, like, brilliant what more can you ask for it's definitely a, uh, a new season for the tournaments for us we i think last year and sort of early this year we didn't really have a whole lot we had like the team's tournament and one or two yeah. tournaments throughout the year but this what we're already up to uh march and we've got three or four big players yeah. already booked in this end here so yeah yeah mate, an exciting tournament scene season for the queensland side 
and I hope I get to see you there so I can play you against like <laughs> yes. we played last time because I have so much fun playing against you. We've, this, we've just both Sam, the, Sam the Shark. Sam the Shark. <laughs> he was doing well with Gits previously before the new book. So, you know, he's got some fantastic movement shenanigans. He's just he's a very good player. So, My yeah, favourite like way to play the game is movement shenanigans. Oh, mate, it's, it's great. I love playing against you. It's amazing. So, yeah, like, yeah, I hope we can um, we can meet up at a tournament as well. Like that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we only live an hour or so away from each other. So mm. we can try and book in some more games. Definitely. Uh, I, I do greatly appreciate you making time to come on the podcast, Gav. Thank um, you. Thanks for having me, the average, the average wargamer <laughs> on, on your show. Uh, I feel I feel I feel quite blessed considering some of the people you've had on. You know, like your Darren Watsons and you know all of those other guys that you've had on. They're all fantastic people. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for talking to me and, and I hope no one's crashed their car listening to this podcast out of boredom. That's when generally I listen to most of mine. So, um, yeah, like, thank you for your audience for putting up with my dull voice. <laughs> it's good because I play you semi like maybe once every few months. So it's nice to sort of get to know you more outside of just Gav, the, the chef, I get to learn like the more, the backstory of you all. Gav the crap dice roller. Yeah, the unluckiest dice roller there is. <laughs> One's magnet. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Gav, for making time to come on the show, man. Thank you for having really me, mate. Here. Thank you very much. You're a legend. Enjoy the rest of your rainy afternoon. Will do, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Unidentified Wargamer. You can find links for the guests located in the description below. You can find the show on Twitter at U underscore Wargamer and I will see you next week.